Welcome to Jim Galliano's Building a Better Web Presence podcast. Build something better with less moving parts, less overhead, and less headaches. Hey everyone, this is Jim Galliano, and thanks for joining me for today's podcast episode. So there were a lot of shakeups over the past several days going on in the business world. One of them that really stood out to me was the fact that last week in a single day of trading, Facebook's parent company, Meta, lost over $230 billion in a single day of trading. It was the single biggest drop in the history of the stock market. And that's huge. And I know for a lot of people, you know, you kind of take news like that with a grain of salt and you think, well, you know, I'm not an investor in Facebook, so I really don't care. I just use the platform to talk to friends and family and keep up on what's happening on the little niche subjects that I'm interested in. I personally, I understand that. And of course, all of the experts are weighing in on why this happened, some on why you should be really worried, others on why you shouldn't really worry that much. Of course, there really aren't too many of those, being that the drop was a historical event on that level, on that magnitude. So if this was a earthquake, of course, this would be what what do we call earthquakes at the at the top level? Category five, I think. Is that the biggest one or is it category four? Anyway, it was pretty big. But uh, so I was listening to different opinions on why this happened and what's going on behind the scenes. And I, I've listened to opinions from people who are anti-Facebook. I've listened to the opinions of people who are pro-Facebook. And when you get all of these opinions, sometimes it's really hard to come to a conclusion yourself because you realize that the people who are putting more of a positive spin on it, a lot of them have a vested interest in doing so. And the people who are putting a negative spin on it, a lot of them have a vested interest in doing so. And so it becomes increasingly difficult sometimes to listen to talking heads in the media or bloggers, independent bloggers even, because people are determined before the news even hits the street, so to speak, that they're going to position it in a certain way. But there were certain things, however, that whether these people were pro-Facebook or anti-Facebook, that kept coming up. And those are the things that I thought I'd pay particular attention to. Because when something comes up on both sides of the argument, then maybe it's worth taking a second look into. The first thing they talked about was slow growth. The second thing they talked about were privacy issues. And finally, a very weak ad market. Now, when you, if you follow the old way of thinking, which is basically, to state it bluntly, follow the money, the, the ad market would be the number one thing that we would look at when a company as big as Facebook experiences that kind of mega loss in a single day. And when there's a sell-off like that, something doesn't just, people don't just wake up one morning hear a single report, and then at least not that many people go ahead and just start selling off a stock or abandoning ship on a company. No, there were things happening beforehand, things that only people on the inside were privy to for the most part, and that led up to that event. It's kind of like an earthquake, I guess, in so far as before the actual event itself, before we experienced it on the top level of the ground, 
beneath the earth, there were things that were weakening. There were shifts taking place that led to what ultimately became a very damaging earthquake. And so when I look at these things from my own personal vantage point, by my own experience, if this hadn't happened and I was just looking at Facebook from my own personal experience, I asked myself the question, did I notice a slowdown in growth? Yes and no. I think that I've had more people friending me over the last year than I have in the past. Most of these people, though, are not from the United States. They're from outside the United States. So there, there is that. The other thing, though, I noticed as far as a slowdown goes, I, did, I have noticed over the last several years, there was a slowdown as far as people actively participating in groups, in uh, talking and conversing on a business page, or even keeping up with their personal profiles. I remember there was a time when I was very active keeping up with my own personal profile, and then after a while, that just began to slow down, and it wasn't for good reasons either. I just decided that there was just so much negative going on that it wasn't even worth taking the effort for me to focus on keeping up with my own uh, personal profile. Now, I know that's just me. I know there's other people that feel differently. But overall, now that I think about it, I have noticed there has been a slowdown in overall participation. Now, I know that we can think of individuals or we can think of groups that are the opposite of the trend. And there will always be that. There will always be a group of people who are interested in any niche, in any market, in something that the general market as a whole really doesn't have that much much interest in, right? There are niche groups, there are niche uh, interests, and but as the whole, right? If we if we take the whole of the group, then this is this little group here is what we might call an outlier. But I did notice that overall that it appears that less. People are less active on Facebook now than they have been in the past. We just don't see the overall volume that we used to see. Number two was the privacy issues. Now, those have been very public with Facebook, Google, and other of the large tech companies. I know they've paid huge fines due to privacy issues, Google and others um, over in Europe. I don't know about here in the U.S. I don't really think the issues have been so much here But I think that in Europe, they take the privacy issues maybe a little bit more. I'm not an expert in privacy or privacy issues. I'm just talking from a layman's place. From what I see, I could be wrong. So, But in my my conversations with others, this seems to be the case. But I do know that these big, the leaders of these big tech firms have appeared here in the United States before Congress. They have been asked some hard, very probing questions at times, and they were not able to deliver answers that were satisfactory to the public in general. So I think that if Facebook were a person, were an individual entity, a human being called Facebook, I think their popularity in society would have dropped considerably, the reputation taking a considerable hit over especially the past five years. And I know that this is also true in other companies. Even there are an increasing number of governments even that think that these tech giants have just too much power 
and there are issues with things like privacy. And then finally, a weak ad market. And again, if you follow the money, if the money isn't there, everything else begins to implode from there. So, uh, you know, if you're using Facebook to grow your own business and you've noticed a slowdown in the participation uh, and there's just people not doing what they used to be doing as far as interacting with you, interacting with your comments, interacting with your product service type of situation, you may be wondering, and it's natural to wonder this, you know, is it something that you're doing or is it something that you're not doing? that might be the cause of this slowdown. And I think that's a natural question to ask. And I think that the content that we do create or don't create, maybe, may be the case, maybe it does play a part. But I think that now we can see that there is a bigger problem that has more to do with the overall change in the public's attitude towards the platforms that you and I are, are using. And I think that's having a bigger effect more than anything that you or I may or may not be doing. The, you know, the other part is the privacy issue, which is something that big tech in general has been, it's been an issue for years, but it does seem to have been reaching ahead more so in recent years. And when you, of course, put the weakening ad market and the weakening of ad spending on top of this mix, you can see why there are some serious concerns about the future of the platform and other similar platforms even. So what does this mean for the future of our business if we're active on Facebook or actively using Facebook to grow a business, grow a clientele or do marketing? Uh, I think the lesson here is simple. The lesson is don't get too comfortable building a business on a platform that you do not own or control. I know this is nothing new. I know people have been saying this for years. But it's even more evident now because when you consider the fact where we've originally come from, the Internet leveled the playing field like nothing before it ever had. It gave a platform to ordinary, everyday people, ordinary, everyday business people like nothing else ever had. I mean, think about it. It removed the gatekeepers. It allowed, let's say, someone who was blogging from a spare bedroom of their home to enjoy the kind of reach that was previously only afforded to those approved by the mainstream media. It did the same thing. It turned the music industry on its head. It turned the publishing industry upside down. It removed the gatekeepers. But somewhere along the line, we gave that individual power, I guess you'd call it, away, and things began to change. We did away with the gatekeepers of old, only to allow new gatekeepers to rise up and take their place. Take Google, for instance, or Facebook, or YouTube, or even Amazon. The question is, did we allow these entities to amass too much power and too much control overall? I think that's a rhetorical question. And now even most of the governments around the world are seeing that this is the case, or even admitting it, that these social networks just have too much power, or they've amassed too much power. I'm bringing this up because this is the climate that you and I are in today. And it has a definite effect on how we plan for the growth of our own business as we continue to navigate whatever path we happen to be on. Now, before we go any further, if you haven't already done so, go ahead and sign up for my brand new newsletter, the Digital Strategist Newsletter that's now available at jimsnewsletter.com. 
Strategy is something that I've studied for years. It's something that's been of interest to me for as long as I can remember, especially when it involves a smaller, less imposing competitor outthinking and outmaneuvering a larger, more established one. So go ahead and check that out at jimsnewsletter.com. That's jimsnewsletter.com. Now back to what I was saying, I'm a big believer in building your own personal brand and having your own personal platform in the online world. In a simple, practical way, I'm talking about yourname.com or .net or .me or whatever is available, where you create content around whatever your business topic happens to be. And even if you don't have a business, even if you're just pursuing maybe a hobby that you may or may not want to monetize going forward, the same principle holds true. Create and build on a property that you directly own and control. And this is important for just so many reasons, and most of them are so obvious, it's not even worth the time going into them. I I think you can all see why you would do that, especially what we were just talking about with these social platforms. So when I look at this approach, you know, you can see why WordPress, for example, has experienced the kind of incredible growth that it has over the years. Now, it's experiencing its own transformation right now. Some people see it as positive, some people not. But people just like you and I are and have been using it to create our own platforms, a place where our individual voices can be heard, and primarily in the context here in the business space. And in some cases, WordPress wasn't used as much for, let's say, content creation purposes as it was for the creation of sales and marketing materials designed to sell a variety of different products and services. So content delivered on a regular basis and content that more or less remains static, like comparing a page of content that rarely changes, comparing that with, let's say, regular updates and blog posts in blog post form, you can see the different strategies that are in play here. So this particular strategy would work like this. The first thing you would do is you would launch your own personal brand presence on a domain that you own or control. And then you use WordPress as your basic content management system through which you'll release ongoing, regular, long-form content. I'm talking about text content. Of course, you can have images in there if you want to add little little snippets of this or that. That's not really the point. But what's true about SEO in the past that's still true today is that relevant long-form content will 9 out of 10 times outperform short-form content. Now, people might say, Jim, nobody reads long articles anymore. That's true and that's false. When you're looking for specific in-depth information, and you come across a long-form type of article, you'll absolutely read that article from start to finish if it's relevant to your problem, if it's relevant to your challenge. Now, producing regular long-form content that addresses real-world business challenges or interest is what you might call a field of battle that very few will attempt to match you on. If you enjoy writing even a little bit, This is doable for you, even if you only set a goal to do this initially for, let's say, six months, because planning any longer than that is just, it can be hard to commit to, especially if you've never done anything like this before. This is one of the true David versus Goliath forms of what we might call online attention warfare that you can successfully wage in your own niche using just what you have, your experience, your knowledge, your insights, 
if you're the kind of person that's willing to fight a battle of attrition. And I know it's easier said than done. I've been podcasting for, I'm not sure, let's see, July of 2017. July of 2017, I've been podcasting weekly, and I call that fighting a battle of, of attrition on a certain level because there are other things I could be doing. There's other things I could be focusing on. And the thing about fighting this battle of attrition, whether you're producing videos or in this context, we're talking about long form content, is that in the short term, the level of satisfaction that you might enjoy is minimal when compared to the long-term benefits that you can receive. And a lot of times people are just wired in such a way that they will put off long-term gratification in favor of short-term gratification. Because let's face it, if you're not really hitting the bullseye in any area, then a little win here and a little win there in the short term can sure do a lot to help you mentally speaking. I understand that. I'm the same way. If I'm doing something and nothing seems to be working out or I'm trying to get a new product into a new marketplace and I just seem to be hitting a lot of roadblocks, this especially happens if you're talking about physical products in the e-commerce space. I experience frustration after frustration. It just made digital products look all that more, all the more enticing. But if you're willing to put off that short-term satisfaction, meaning that if you only get minimal amount of traffic to your articles and you're, let's say, six months into the process of writing a long-form article twice a month, three times a month, once a week, whatever it happens to be, then if you can do that, you have to realize that – now, you do have to have – a simple strategy within this strategy in place. In other words, if you're going to write about the topic of, let's say, SEO or SEO optimization or email marketing, or you're going to be talking about another type of topic altogether like personal investing, personal savings, then you have to stay on message with your writing. Because if you start going all over the place, the, the idea here is not just to be rewarded for the single article that you create maybe four months down the line because you have all the right keywords in there and you have all the right subtopics in there. And when comparing this article on this topic to other articles out there, you match and you surpass what they have, okay? When you look at it from that perspective, it's not just that one article. It's the body of work that you create over that period of time that you're being rewarded even more so for than the single articles within that body of work. Yes, there'll be single articles that can rank really highly, just like there can be single videos that you create if you were going to do the same thing on, let's say, YouTube or someplace like that. But the idea here is twofold. Number one, you want people to come to your site. You don't want them to go to YouTube, for example, first. It would be much better if they went to your YouTube channel, for example, second. What you want to do is you want to focus on building up and establishing your own property first. You want to do that before anything else. Here's an example. A client of mine has a very popular podcast. She has a lot of listeners. And if we did absolutely nothing, they'd get updated by their subscriptions that go through places like Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, and many others, Amazon, because that content is available through all of these different aggregators. But 
What we do immediately, and this is how the strategy works, is right after a new episode is uploaded, the very first thing we do is we share the link to the post that's on her website where the audio player is embedded inside a blog post. That way someone can come and listen to the episode directly from there. Now I realize there's a reason why Apple Podcasts and Spotify and Google Podcasts and all the rest of them are so popular because basically it's kind of like a social media platform, but for podcasts. It's sort of like a search engine, I guess you would say, for podcasts. All of these different Apple Podcasts, Spotify services. So relying on them alone, while it may distribute your podcast episode, which is your content, it's not going to do much in terms of building up your personal online presence. I hope you can see the distinction here. So that's why we publish immediately on her website. And then what we do is we make an effort to send listeners directly to her website where they can comment on the content as well as subscribe to her newsletter. So that's the reason why we're sending them there. And over time, she's experienced the kind of interactions that for the most part, have gone by the wayside over the last decade as far as people commenting on blog posts. So even though her blog posts maybe have a minimal amount of text on them, mainly it's the embedded audio podcast player that people are clicking on and listening, they do interact, believe it or not. And I was surprised myself when they did this. I wasn't really expecting them to do this. It was just a test like any other kind of marketing. You never know until you test. And so this wasn't something that I was in a hurry to do for her, but it was something that I thought, well, why not? Let's go ahead and see if we can get some listeners to come to her, to the domain that she owns and that she controls, hername.com. And believe it or not, it's working. And this is where, now think about the big picture now. And you could be doing this yourself. That's why I'm bringing it up. She can publish her thoughts, she can publish her insights in written form because truth be told, some people aren't audio only fans. I love podcasting myself. I love the fact that you're listening to this podcast, but there's people out there that just won't listen to audio podcasts. It's not part of how they consume content. Maybe that's about the plainest way we can put it. Just like there's people that don't wanna take the time to sit down and watch a video. I know there's a lot of people that listen to video. I like watching video, but there's a lot of other people that really don't wanna invest that kind of time. They would rather listen to an audio because they're more mobile. They're on the move, they're very busy, and they don't have the time to sit down and watch a, let's say, a long form content kind of video. So once again, we make the effort to do this because in her case, and it's gonna be no different in your case, what you want to do is build out an online presence. That's what having a successful personal brand platform is really all about. It's having the control over your content and not relinquishing that to someone else. We're talking about a central platform that's not subject to the whims of social media platforms. And think about it. Big picture is that the social media platform, regardless of its current state today, maybe it's new and ad spends are very cheap. Maybe you're getting a lot of organic traffic. But overall, all of those things are designed to get more and more people 
to participate on that platform. But eventually, what, what do they have to do? The business model is they survive on paid ad, ad campaigns. And eventually, that's what you need to maintain your visibility and grow on a social platform. A personal brand, however, and a reputation building strategy can accomplish the same objective, but without relinquishing the control. Content distribution is great, but the owner of the platform that primarily hosts the content, being that person, is even better. This is why it makes so much sense to have content that's exclusive to your personal brand platform. In this case, I suggest using WordPress. Many of us have been using it successfully for years, building multiple brands, not just for ourselves, but for our clients. And WordPress makes this whole process about as straightforward as it gets. Now, I'm not talking about page builders now. I'm not talking about Gutenberg and block building and all of the controversy that surrounds WordPress. For some people, they see it a little more controversial than others. I'm just talking about where the content itself is housed. A long-form article will have a much longer lifespan in the online world than most other types of content will on average. And let me say this again. If you enjoy writing, there's a real opportunity here for you. And if not, keep this information on the back burner. I know many of you sell online services. Other people come, for you, come to you for advice on all things online. And so this is just something to be aware of. If you have a writer on your hands, I still believe, and I've said this for years now, that if, if you enjoy writing, the internet is just a land of opportunity for you. And, you know, on the other side of it, well, let me just, let's just talk about getting started with this process first. You can build a small number of articles to get started with and then use the various social channels to share those articles with others. That makes sense. Everyone starts at the beginning. And some of the most popular bloggers today got that way simply by answering the top questions or the top queries that were out there. Whether they were people looking these things up on a platform like or on a search engine like Google, Yahoo, Bing, or wherever, or whether they were answering uh, inquiries on places like Reddit or Facebook or Twitter where conversations were playing out. What they did was they went ahead and they wrote long-form articles answering questions, giving insights around these topics, around these problems, around these questions. So absolutely go ahead and participate on whatever platform you want. That's really not the point. Interact, answer questions that are related to your area of expertise, of course. But the point here is this, and this is where people miss it. Keep your best detailed writing, your best detailed information. Keep that information on your personal brand site. This gives people a reason to go there, as well as a reason for the search engines to start ranking what you're writing over time on the first page. Let me share some additional thoughts that go along with using a self-hosted site built using WordPress and going with a long-term type of strategy. The first thing is you own the content. You own the domain, number two. You essentially own the platform. Those two things right there are big. 
And there's nothing wrong with hosting courses on other platforms like Teachable, for example, or Profi, or Kajabi, or Podia, or anywhere else. These are just tools that extend your reach and capabilities, just like social media does. Of course, Teachable and other platforms like this are, are specific to doing one thing, selling courses. But they don't replace your main domain. They're not designed to do that. While it's true that you can build just about anything that you want directly on WordPress, I found that some of these other solutions that are out there make the day-to-day -day running of the business a little bit easier because they don't require for you to manage things like updates and some of the technical conflicts and issues that can occur if you're trying to make a WordPress install, a single WordPress site do too many things. I've been there before. It's not the amount of plugins necessarily if the plugin is well-written, well-coded, well-designed, kept up with, updated. It's just the fact that sometimes that if you have too many functions going at the same time, you'll have problems. And I've been there myself. That's why I encourage people if you're just getting started and you have the budget to do so, it's probably worth getting started with one of these other platforms for doing things like hosting courses and things like that. Even when it comes to e-commerce, unless I'm going to have a very simple, straightforward e-commerce type setup, if I'm going to have a lot of products, I'm probably going to go with a service that's dedicated just to do that, like a Shopify or something like that. Now, that's just my personal opinion. Now, if you are a little bit technical, there are scripts that you can buy out there that you can install on your server. They're not WordPress, but they'll work fine with WordPress. And I've used tools like this also for years. And I enjoy those tools also because number one, usually you pay one time for them and you don't have that ongoing monthly fees that are associated with platforms like Teachable and so on. It's just that you have to recognize the fact that, you know, you have to pick a lane and decide what's worth the investment or what isn't because you can just blow so much money buying all these tools and testing them. And then it, you realize that you only need maybe like one tenth of all of the things that you bought. And, and there's a huge market out there for marketing tools and sales tools and all of these other systems. And now somebody might say, well, what if one of these other tools goes out of business? Then wouldn't you want everything self-hosted on a WordPress-based type of system? Well, you know, there's pros and cons to everything. It's absolutely true. You can choose a service, a third-party service, instead of hosting whatever it is on WordPress. Like, for example, maybe you have your landing pages or your sales pages on one of these third-party services. If it goes out of business, absolutely, you can bring those same pages back and host them on your own WordPress site. I only mentioned this one time before in the history of this podcast, but if you missed that episode, I'm going to tell you what I said. Uh, back in the day, let's say between 2009 and 2012, that's the... That's the back in the day I'm referring to this time. Back in the day, a lot of us would have three separate WordPress installs. We would have one for our blog. We would have one for our membership site. And we would have one for our landing pages. And is that overkill? Maybe. But if something went wrong with, let's say, the membership site, the other two-thirds of our overall business site were fine because we didn't do everything on a single WordPress install. That's what I'm talking about. So just something to think about if you decide you want to go that way, but that's how we used to do it.
All right. One other thing to remember, the conversations that we see happening, they may be happening on various social channels. They may be happening on Twitter. I'm not saying that you shouldn't be on Twitter or on Facebook or wherever. But but again, you have to remember that even the greatest conversations, the greatest interactions have such a short lifespan on social media. And while, yes, it is great for building connections with real people in real time, and that's fantastic. I've done that before, and I'll continue to do that. But it's also a lot like yesterday's news. It comes and goes. It's forgotten so quickly. But when your best content is located on your own domain, on your own website, and you're positioning it to be indexed for specific search terms, which will in turn over time drive free organic traffic to a property that you own and control, you know, it's tough to beat that as the final ultimate outcome. Because you can get an ongoing just waves and waves of traffic. People do that who create content on a property that they own and control. Now, big picture thinking, most of your competitors aren't going to do this. Most of them are not going to invest the time in building what you can also call maybe an authority website. A a personal brand site can be built to become a true authority site as you continue to add content around your topic. In other words, you can build an encyclopedia, basically, for those of you who remember what those were. You can build volumes and volumes of content. But the reason why most people don't do this is because, number one, a lot of them need to monetize something and they need to monetize it fast. And so they're in it for the quick win. Unfortunately, the things that really move the needle, a lot of times they're not quick win types of strategies. And yes, there are strategies that can get you there faster, but getting there faster and getting there faster are sometimes two very different things. So I've done this, as I said before, I used to focus on this strategy primarily around that 2009, 2012 period of time. It worked great for me. I was able to secure uh, national media And here in the United States, it still is kind of sort of a thing, getting national media exposure with some of the mainstream media outlets that have been around, you know, since way before I was born. And and that was a great feeling to be able to do that. It did help me be seen as an authority in several different niches. But like a lot of people, I got away from that as time went on, simply because so much focus was being placed on places like social media. And, you know, it's so easy to bash the different social channels. I do it myself. But in one way, you know, I will always have a special place in my heart for Facebook because that's where I met Lori in 2010. And we've been together ever since. And had not the platform been there the way it was at the time, I would have never been able to not only interact with her, but other people in my community that I've been able to meet for the very first time and just some fantastic relationships, not only locally, but also all of the people that I've met from around the world and, and, and even people just north of me in Canada. And, and those, these are relationships that really make life, these are the things that add spice to life, I guess you'd say, but these are the things that really make your life special. Other people, 
you know, being involved in their lives, they're involved in your lives. I know a lot of crap can happen <laughs> with relationships, but you understand what I'm talking about. You know, you, 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 you can't live with them. You can't live without them kind of thing. But when they're good and you have friends for life, I mean, it's hard to put a dollar sign on that. And those are all of the things that I've enjoyed about being involved in social media over the years. But now we're at a point in time where I believe that we've kind of turned the corner to a greater extent, not completely, but on that place where we're building these relationships at the scale that we used to be building them. I believe they say it's possible to maintain, I forgot what the number was. I think maybe it was either 100, 200, or 300. But they said it would be poss impossible to maintain personal relationships with more than whatever that number happened to be. Maybe you can look it up later if you're interested in knowing what it is. I think it's about 150 people. But you can only maintain so many relationships before you get to the point where it's just impossible as one person to be able to do that. The closest thing that you can do, I guess, to that would be the one-to-many approach that I talk about a lot of times where you speak to an audience of people, you work with a group of people, not just individuals, and you help more greater numbers of people get from where they are to where they want to be. You help them bridge their problems and challenges. That's the thing that I'm focusing on at this point in my own business career. It just, it just makes sense. The way things are set up today, the technology, everything is there to do it. However, being able to build an authority site out if you don't need money like yesterday, the allure of doing that is simply this. If you can put off the need to have instant satisfaction, if you can put off the need to even have short-term satisfaction, and you can build a presence online where basically it becomes your legacy. You know what I mean by that? Where everything that you have in you is eventually going to be published on this site relative to all the things that are important for your business, and maybe even some personal things in there. You know, the, the internet is definitely not a non-personal place. I know some people don't feel comfortable sharing about every little thing that's happening in their lives. Other people have no problem with that. Most people, I think, fall somewhere in between where they don't mind talking about certain things. But if you can build something like that, then you can build something that will give those who come to that site, those who interact with you, the kind of experience that's going to be, let's put it this way, above average. Because a lot of the content that we see today, let's just face it, it's average. You know, we put things out there all the time because... We want something to rank or we want to sell something or, and they're all short term. But to have that long term proposition there and to go for it, absolutely, I think that you could do something that would truly be special. It's just not going to be something that will happen overnight. Back in the 20, uh, 2009, 2012 gap or period of time, I would say that Doing something like this could be done in 12 to 24 months. 12 to 24 months, you could simply, you could definitely have something that was special when compared with all of the other competitors in that space. Can, can it be done today? Well, I believe there's more noise today than there was back in 2009, 2012. But I also believe that there are more people quitting today and quitting faster 
than there have been in the past. So if you have that grinded out type of endurance, if you're if you're a distance runner or are willing to become one, then I think the opportunity there is as real today as it was a decade ago. All right, let's go ahead and put the bookmarker in it there. That's about all for today. I hope you enjoyed this episode. If you think it will help a friend, please go ahead and share the episode link with them. Or you can send them directly to jimgalliano.com forward slash podcast. All the episodes are listed there. And as I announced last week, I do have a brand new program coming out. It will be coming out any week now, I promise you. It's taken a little bit longer than I would have liked, but I wanted to get some things just right before pulling back the curtain on it. It's my complete one-to-many system for growing and scaling your own personal brand. And once it's built, believe me, everything will be a lot easier to maintain and manage going forward. So if you're ready to join me on a journey that removes the layers of complexity from your business in favor of a more manageable, easier scale business model, this will definitely be for you. But for now, thanks again for listening. Have a great rest of your week. And I'll talk to you later.